Welcome everyone to Sunday service here at the Temple of Light at Ananda Village. For those here in person, it's great to see so many of you and many blessings to all of you watching this online. This reading is taken from Rays of the One Light by Swami Kriyananda with commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. Today's topic is self-effort too is needed. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. These past weeks, we discussed the need for balancing self-effort with receptivity to divine grace. Both are important on the spiritual path. Passive dependence on grace hasn't the magnetism to attract grace. Boastful self-confidence, however, which closes itself off from the higher divine power, is shallow, brittle, and given life's many uncertainties, susceptible to ultimate failure. There is a story in the Bible that illustrates the need to put forth personal effort so as to draw magnetically on that divine power. The story occurs in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 8. But as he went, the crowds nearly suffocated him. Among them was a woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years and who had derived no benefit from anybody's treatment. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak. As a result, her hemorrhage stopped immediately. Who was it who touched me? Jesus asked. When everybody denied it, Peter, remonstrated, Master, the crowds are all round, pressing you on every side. But Jesus said, Somebody touched me. I felt power going out from me. When the woman realized that she had not escaped notice, she came forward, trembling, and fell at his feet, and admitted before everyone why she had touched him, adding that she had been instantaneously cured. Daughter, Jesus said, it is by your faith that you have been healed. Go in peace. Self-confidence and self-effort are necessary, as the ignition of a car is necessary to the motor. Of what use the ignition, however, if the motor itself will not work? Wise is he who recognizes the real power in the universe and guides his life by that supreme power. As it says in the Bhagavad Gita, in the ninth chapter, to those who meditate on me as their very own, ever united to me by incessant worship, I make good their deficiencies and render permanent their gains. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh, oh, oh. I also would like to welcome everyone, and I'll begin by reading from Whispers from Eternity. Tune us that we may hear thy voice. Volumes of thy Savior voice resound 
through the loudspeaker of every loving heart. The voice of thy wisdom roams through the ether of space, seeking everywhere hearts that are tuned to ecstasy. Sadly, thy warning sermons pass unheard by souls deafened with the static of sense pleasures. O divine broadcaster, tune our souls, long distracted by the static of our indifference. Fine-tune us with the delicate touch of soul perception. Grant us the privilege of hearing thy magic melodies in the ecstasy of divine awakening. So I think for all of us, this story is uh, particularly touching and it's meaningful to each of us in a very personal way. But I'd like to start this morning by sharing with you an experience that I had. Actually, Pranaba and I shared this experience, but I'll give you my version of it. (laughs) But uh, it was an experience where I felt um, that attunement with master, attunement with the light was vital. And it became more and more vital as the adventure went on. So I'll describe this to you. Um, We were moving back from Portland, Oregon to the village here. This was in late December 2003. Excuse me. And uh, it was, we'd done the drive a lot, you know, so it wasn't a concern to us that it was late December. Thank you. It wasn't a concern to us the time of year. Usually if there was any problem with weather, it happened a little later, January, February, March. So, you know, we were just ready to go. We we, uh, packed our truck. It was big. We had the car. I drove the car. Pranaba drove the truck. And we took off early in the morning on a Sunday, less traffic. And so our goal was Reading stay overnight, and then drive to the village, unload the van, stay overnight, drop it off, and then drive clear back to Portland. So a real intense thing to do. But we were up for it, and it it felt like it would be a a good, easy trip. So um, we uh, uh, started driving from Portland down 5, the Willamette Valley. And when we left Portland, everything was fine. You know, it was overcast and all of that. But as we drove down the Willamette Valley, <clears throat> it started to pour down rain. And I mean, really a lot of water. And so we had to stop at the end of the valley there and uh, get uh, uh, some gas and just take a little short break. But we were both going, Uh uh-oh, because having done that drive quite a bit, there are four passes that are high enough to have snow between where you are now and Reading. And so we're looking at each other thinking, "Uh uh-oh, this may not be as simple as as it sounds. So anyway, at this point I thought, okay, I really need to get centered here and start chanting. And I think we both felt that, but I'll just give you my uh, uh, experience of it. Because it was very intense. 
And uh, so we kept driving, and we made it up over uh, three of the passes, which, you know, 2,000 feet, et cetera. And then you come down into Ashland and the Rogue River Valley. But the last pass is at 4,000 feet. And right then, as we were going up the Ashland, Mount Ashland, it started to snow. Now, you know, started to snow, you would think, well, it's not a big deal, but we didn't have any chains. And so, you know, we're going up and it's snowing more and more and just thinking, oh, I hope nobody stops. I hope nobody spins out. All of the possible things that can happen, your mind just starts. And I thought, you know what? Focus. We are on a trip. It is going to go fine and do not let your mind go off in these various directions, which can cause problems. <laughs> so anyway, so we finally <clears throat> got up and over Mount Ashland and, and going down the other side, coming up to Mount Shasta, but high up again. It's still snowing a lot on five. And five, as we all know, I-5, Interstate 5, is used by a lot of big trucks. So it wasn't just us on the highway with our little truck and car, but it was these big trucks, everybody trying to make it uh, over the, the passes and get down into the valley in California. And so we're going, and I, as I, every time I would look back in the rearview mirror, there were these ominous clouds, like a big storm just chasing us, just right on our, on our tail all the time. And so we made it, and, and we're going down. And again, coming down from Mount Shasta, it's very windy and big trucks. And it's like, OK, just stay focused. Do not concern yourself with what isn't an issue for you, and stay in master's light. Om, om, om. So that was happening all the time. And so it was an intense drive. We've all been on those before. And so, but it, it worked out. And so we came down and we came down into Redding and it was like, oh, yay, Redding, it's in the valley in California. No problem, right? So we got in our room, we rested for a little bit, we looked outside, and lo and behold, it was snowing like crazy. It doesn't often snow in Redding, but it does snow there. And it was a lot of snow. And we're just going, oh, no. And so, you know, carefully, we just went and had dinner. We knew we had to rest. We're not going to take off now in the dark. So anyway, so we did that. We spent the night. By the next morning, there was half a foot of snow. And again, we have no chains. And so will we be able to leave Redding? The truck is no problem. The car is a little more of a problem. <laughs> and so we had to get gas. So we pulled in. We got gas. And then there was an up, up thing like this that to get up out of the gas station and get on the, the freeway. And so we decided, we talked about it at the gas station. And again, it's very focused. Me, I just thought, do not even think a negative thought, nothing. And, uh, and so we said, OK, I'll go ahead, because the car may be a problem, and I'll, I'll pull off once I get onto the highway if everything's OK. 
And so we did that. And that was, that was good, you know, so we did that. And all of a sudden I see Pranavas uh, speeding by. I'm pulled off to the side, so okay, we get back on. And again, it's just pouring down rain the whole way down. And then we get to 20, where you turn off and head up toward Ananda. Well, at that point, I believe there was probably a wind advisory because the wind coming from the south, so the truck is like this, and the wind is like this, and it was like, I'm behind the truck going, oh, no, 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 you know, just don't. It was, you know, tipping and all of this, and so I thought, no, 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 it's, it's this. So again, we're focused on master, om, on the light. Everything is going to be fine. And so, and then we get, to where it's going up toward the village and, and the wind abates a bit. So. so we get to the village and it's still pouring down rain. And luckily we had very fun, very, very nice, generous friends who met us at the yellow building up there where we store things and we're unloading everything with help and getting everything wet even as we're doing it. And so that was done and so, okay, great. So we made it, yay, the truck, the car, we go to where we're staying with friends. They, they weren't there and they had set up their guest room for us except that there was no hot water and no toilet paper. <laughs> and they weren't home. <laughs> and it was late and dark and rainy and so we're like, okay, let's just make do on this. You know, the whole point of this is self-effort, continuous, in the light, and do not let your energy down because we're not done yet. And so we go and we spend the night and we get up the next morning and we now we're going to drop the truck off. Yay! So we drive down to Auburn where the address is and there's no truck company there. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> so, okay. So we quickly have the guy that's standing there make a call for us. The truck company has moved but didn't let us know about that. And so it's down in Roseville. So we drive down, we do that, we drop the truck off and then we're free. Right? <laughs> almost, almost. And again, just keeping focused and keeping energy up this whole time because I thought there's something going on here that uh, this is a, a lesson, a test in self-effort and keeping energy up and focused. And so we get back on five, we're driving up and everything's going fine. We get over all the passes, no problem, yay. We get up about maybe 10 miles from Portland and it's snowing again. I mean, Portland doesn't get snow that much, but for us it did. And so there it is, we're on I-5 and the traffic is this is after a very long drive for us. So we're going along thinking, will we make it? Can we even get off the freeway? Because again, we have no chains, you know, and the snow is sticking. It's not just, you know, in the air. And so we get off and finally there's an exit we can get off. Okay, great, great. Now we're on the home stretch. Just a few more miles. No problem, right? And then we get to within 
a half a mile. I don't think it was more than that. And the road is blocked by police. And we look down, and because it's been snowing, it's a place where it dips down and goes up. And so there's about eight cars off the road. And so we're like, how long will it take? Well, it's going to take quite a while because they have to pull all of those cars out and move. So very, very carefully at this point, we're really wanting to be home. So we turn around, we go back because we know the neighborhood really well. We're very, very careful. And then we go around and we go on flat roads. We go up a little hill. We come to a stoplight. And I believe it was red, but we went right through it because nobody else was on the road. And we didn't want a chance. <laughs> we didn't want a chance swerving or, you know, so we just and then right into the community. That, that was the end. That was the end. But it was like when I look back at that, I just thought that was just an amazing test of self-effort outwardly. And it was very, very important. I could feel each, each mile of the way to stay very focused and not get negative. No worry, no fretting, no you know, fear, no nothing, because it could have gone a lot of different ways. And, uh, and so that, it even reminded me of St. Francis and that story of perfect joy because I thought, you know, this is it. If, if you keep focused and you keep attuned to that inner joy and that light, then, then you, no matter what's happening outwardly, you still have that. And that really is what happened. And it was, it was wonderful. But, um, but, but quite a test, and we were quite tired by the end of it. But, uh, but also then I was thinking that's like an outer expression of that, but I felt like um, doing that, it helped me to build uh, strength in that particular way and to build uh, the focus that's needed no matter what's happening. And, you know, I had a lot of training to get to that point because growing up at Ananda with Swami Kriyananda, it was, he was constantly doing that. You know, there would be trials and tests and boom, just straightforward. We're moving. We're not getting sidetracked. We may have to address certain issues, but we are not deviating from where we want to go and from that inner understanding, that inner light, that inner joy, really. That's what comes from it. When Pranava was reading about renunciation, I thought, don't forget, renunciation is about joy. And if you're not feeling joy, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> but very important. And, uh, and Master, if we ask for things, Yogananda, our guru, um, he, will, he will test us to make sure that we do develop our strength and do have the ability to withstand a lot of things, like the world today, maybe. <laughs> I was thinking this is a very good um, uh, lesson. For the times that we're in, because we really do need to stay focused 
on what's important, what's essential, and not to really get pulled off and sidetracked on a lot of uh, emotional side issues that, that happen. But really try to hold that, that uh, focus. And then I thought that kind of experience that, that we experienced also translates into what the, um, the woman who came to Jesus experienced as well. Because you have to have self-effort, you have to have strength, you have to have love, you have to have attunement to the vibration of a master such as Jesus. I don't think that was the first time she ever saw him. I have a feeling she probably had been watching, been in the crowds, and noticed the power, felt the power that he had and thought, maybe he can help me. But it had to be with all those different elements. It had to, because when we're talking about that self-effort, it's about the self-effort that's involved in attuning and developing the most delicate relationship we will ever have, the one with God and the Guru. And so it has to be done in the right way. And, and so with that woman, she did that. She, to be healed instantly like that from something so severe by just touching the, the cloak of Jesus, she would have to have had attunement with his consciousness, with his vibration, with his being, and have love for him and be open to receiving what he could give her. And that also is something that probably for all of us, we're, we're all working on these, all these elements, but keep them in mind, and they're all in that reading. Keep them in mind because they all need to be there to complete that experience, to complete that healing, and the healing she was healed of a hemorrhage, but we're talking about healing of delusion. And so that is even more powerful, needs more of our attention, more of our energy. And so with that, I just thought, here we are, you know, and we're in a wonderful time to be able to develop those kind of qualities because we're tested. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not an easy time. And so look at this time. I was thinking, look at it in, in uh, several ways. One, adjust to current realities with common sense and with uh, intuition. You have to have intuitive perception as well as common sense to know what to do. I, re I remember one time Swami was asked, because he would talk about hard times and and uh, uh, someone said, uh, well, what would you do if such and such happened? And he said, it would depend on the circumstances at that time. So it always, and it's not just it depends, it depends on the circumstances of that time, the energy, the people involved, all of that. But you have to build your energy and your, um, your strength to be able to do that in the right way. And when you do, then you find there is a flow there. 
That's what I, I felt on that trip, even though it was outward. I thought, if I just keep staying focused, there's a flow of grace there. There's a flow of light. And uh, yeah, I know it's in an outward way, but it's still there. And it was a dynamic experience. I've obviously never forgotten it. <laughs> but, uh, but for each of us, um, that ability to really focus on the guru, focus on God, on Divine Mother, with that sensitivity, there has to be courage. And the, what is the courage is to ask, but the courage is really about being open to change. <laughs> if you ask, you will receive. <laughs> and are you willing to receive that, that kind of power? Was, you know, certain people get attached to their illnesses. And so she'd had that hemorrhage for 12 years, but she let go of it. She let go of it. It didn't define her, in other words. And so I think for each of us, we can just take the elements of that and really always remember we're all, all of us, every single person on this path is refining how to do that. It never ends until you're free in God. And so always be looking in your own life. I know for me, it made me remember, I thought, oh, there are real lessons from that experience that I need to keep applying, that I need to keep active and keep moving on. And so I invite all of you to uh, remember that and to really use these things of that more subtle attunement to God that when it's right, then there's a reciprocal energy there. We receive energy and we're giving energy. And that two-way thing has to be there. We receive the power and we give the love. We receive love in both ways. So anyway, that's, that's really mainly what I had to share. And, and uh, just wanted to say also that, you know, and I've, I've said this in previous years, but it really, in a community like this, it's a community for anyone who wants to be on this path. But for each individual, it's about a personal satsang with other people who are part of the community. And so look for the people that will help you to do this kind of life, that will help you to do this kind of action, that will help you to live this kind of um, consciousness that is more open and loving and receptive and courageous. Look for the people, one or two maybe you'll find, who can help you to do that. It's called satsang, and it's vital. Uh, Master said, um, uh, you know, what, someone asked him, what determines whether you are, go into a mood or don't? And he said, the company you keep. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, just be aware of that. And, uh, and also, it came to mind um, the, uh, the 
first verse of the song, Brave were the people. Brave were the people who lived in these hills. Brave the great warriors who confronted the foe to defend what is holy, to defend what is true. Our Lord on mankind did this duty bestow. So who is the foe? Delusion. There's no outer foe. That, that song, you know, wow, it's really, we're here and we're fighting the, mm, it's all about inside. And so who confronted the foe is delusion and our own ego. And our Lord on mankind did this duty bestow. So our duty really is to live this life and to uh, be open and to be channels for it and to find God in this lifetime. See